BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Podcast wherever you get your pods. Welcome in to Coat Check, the official podcast of the Delaware Blue Coats, the NBA G League affiliate of the Philadelphia 76ers. Coat Check is presented by Land Rover Wilmington. Stop by their location at 4310 Kirkwood Highway in Wilmington, Delaware, or visit LandRoverWilmington.com for more information. I'm Matt Murphy, back with another episode of Coat Check right here on the 76ers Podcast Network or under Coat Check in the Delaware Bluecoats feed as well. It's the same drill that we've been doing for a few episodes with Bluecoats Ambassador of Basketball Joe Richmond bringing a whole lot of extra energy to the show as we chat with a special guest, and it is Bo Kimball. This time around, a Philadelphia native, a college basketball star, and an NBA teammate of who else but new 76ers head coach, Doc Rivers. Let's get to it. We are pleased to be joined by a Philadelphia basketball staple, a former NBA player who starred at Loyola Marymount University in L.A. prior to that, Bo Kimball. Bo, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me. So let's see like we should have some music and some fanfare and all that, Matt. <laughs> you got to stop that, Joe. Here we go. So let's take the people back right away. How long have you two known each other? Starting with you, Joe, you can give us some insight there. Oh, yo, Bo, man, thanks for coming on to today, man. And it's always good to have you, Matt, man. I, I, I don't know if Bo remembers, but I first remember him at a playground called Ridge. 
Ridgeway Playground in South Philly, 13th and broad, right off of Broad and Fitzwater. And um, him and, it, uh, and the team he was playing with came down there, man. And we did not, never see nothing like that. Like, Bo was like Steph before Steph, man. He was one foot across half court. He was letting it go. And just kind of followed his career from high school. And um, But for me, it was amazing because he was that dude. Wasn't no social media back then, so you heard from guys from different playgrounds. <laughs> And Bo was just one of those names, along with another magical name, as you can all well know. Well, and that's awesome me, that your connection with Joe goes back that far. Yeah, it does. And we, and we were blessed to reconnect uh, through a mutual friend uh, who was doing a camp where my, my son was actually participating, uh, Ethan Kimball. And uh, so I, I went from watching my son play to talking to the kids before the, the, uh, the workout started, the AAU workout. Uh, with Sam Rines and uh, and then me and Joe can, uh, reconnected. So it was great to see Joe. Uh, I've been blessed the last 30 years, been doing a lot of community work, um, you know, giving back to the community. That's how I was raised. And uh, it was great reconnecting with uh, Joe. And uh, so I'm looking forward to doing some stuff with him and, and the Blue Coats and the Sixers uh, in the near, very near future. Well, it's great to have you on the show. Let's give a quick rundown before we get into it for our viewers on YouTube or our listeners on the 76ers podcast network. We are going to talk about some of your 76ers connections, and then we'll get into Philadelphia basketball as a whole and, and that entire scene before transitioning into uh, Bo's journey and playing career a little bit. And then at the buzzer, some final few fun questions again at the buzzer. But let's start with the Philadelphia 76ers, with the Bluecoats being the G League affiliate. With the Sixers, for those who don't know, it's, it's current right now as we record this in early October. What is your connection to the new 76ers head coach, Doc Rivers? Well, first of all, I, I, um, I was part of a three-way trade. I played three years with Doc Rivers, two years with the Clippers, and we got traded together from the Clippers to the Knicks in 1993. And uh, shared a, shared a uh, I think it was Christmas or Thanksgiving with his family, uh, so Doc is a, not only a, a great coach and all the things that he's done in his young coaching career, but he's even a better person. So I'm, I'm extremely, extremely excited, uh, you know, what Doc can bring uh, to our team to really help our younger players develop. Uh, we really have a very unique and talented team. And I, and I love the way that what Doc did with the, with the Clippers, you know, he had a lot of ball movement, bodies and the ball moving. Uh, he had a really a great team, um, and I, I think that with his expertise, he'll be able to bring that kind of ball movement to allow Ben Simmons to get in the lane more, allow B to pretty much stay on that box. Uh, but more importantly, Doc will hold the players accountable, and, uh, and that's more important than anything else, to, to put the players in the best situation to succeed. And being a former player, uh, I think Doc played at least 17 uh, years in the league, uh, he knows the game inside and out and be able to pull out the best in all of our six of players. Yeah, I want to say, like, you've been with him, man, and, Bo, your career is just amazing, man. And Thank here you. it is, we from Philly, played at Dobbins, played for the legendary Yank, and, uh, you know, went and did your thing. And who would have thought the way life kind of rolls around, you would reconnect with Doc, playing with him back in 
when those days when you got drafted and played with the Clippers. And now he's our head coach of our hometown team, the 76ers. And you're talking about all these different things that he does. In a perfect world, what does that look like for Bo Kimball to say, like, yo, my boy, the head coach? Like, and also, you do so many of these interviews. Like, do you see yourself on the other side of this, too? So in a perfect world, what does that look like for Bo Kimball, man? Well, first of all, I want to be one of the millions of people to welcome Doc Rivers to the city of brotherly love. And uh, so this is a huge, huge sports town. And as you know how our fans are in all the different sports, you know, they, they, they support our, they love hard. And so, but, you know, being growing up here in Philadelphia, the Sixers have always been my favorite team. Even though I've been out on the West Coast in L.A. for 35 years, everything is Philly first. Uh, what I'm excited about in a perfect world is I've been trying to reach out to Doc and I'm trying to track him down right here, right now. <laughs> um, because I know that I want to, if possible, one, join his coaching staff, whether it's uh, player development, uh, any, any way he could see fit that I could help uh, just work with the guys on and off the court. You know, uh, growing up as a young player uh, in the NBA, there's a lot of stuff that's on the court, off the court, how to deal with all of those different stressors and how to put yourself uh, in the best situation to succeed. So rather player development, on his coaching staff, hopefully doing some of the Sixers um, announcement stuff. I've been, I have a degree in communication. And as you can see, this is uh, what I, you know, I do this pretty well. So I'm just excited that he's, with, he's going to be with the Sixers. I'm excited for this new chapter in our life. And I hope some way, somehow, and I don't mind begging, I'm trying to be take this uh, to the championship. And hey, uh, man. I, anything I can do to help, I'm on board. Man, this up, went from a this up went from an inter of interview to a job. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. hey, Doc's my man, and like I said, I have a lot of great respect for Doc on and off the court. I know he's going to make our team better. Um, we got the right tools right now uh, to to go deep into the playoffs, and I, I know that Doc will do the necessary stuff if we need some trades to strengthen the team. Doc is going to do whatever it needs to be done to get us um, closer to that championship ring. And damn it, you know, I'm a diehard. I <laughs> want our Sixers to win a championship, man. Anything I can do to help, I'm on board. I love it. And it's great to have someone with a, a connection, a personal connection to the new head coach join us. Uh, the timing of this couldn't be better. Let's navigate towards Philadelphia basketball a little bit as a whole. I've seen you mention in interviews before the quote-unquote Philly brand of basketball that contributed to some of your success as a player or most of your success as a player. What, what does that Philly brand of basketball mean to you? Philadelphia basketball, and uh, one of the announcers, and uh, they referred to Jimmy Butler in the playoff when he scored 40 against the Lakers. He said uh, Jimmy Butler was playing bully ball. Well, North Philly ball is that really super physical uh, style of play. I was the kind of player that I had a finesse game, but I also had a power game, meaning that I had no problem taking on Shaq, dunking on Shaq, getting into the rim, uh, you know, drawing the foul, being knocked around. That's what a Philly inner city urban ball is all about. Uh, I, perfect example would be Hank Gathers. Get his first shots blocked to get playing against Shaquille O'Neal and Stanley Roberts, two seven-footers. Hank gets his first seven shots blocked, walk off the court with 48 points, and 18 rebounds, and every NBA team was there to watch him play. So that's Philly ball. It doesn't matter what your accolades are. When this ball go up, we're going to kick your butt. And for me, with the kind of work ethic that I had, and as well as Hank, 
a lot of the stuff is mental because when you put the work in and you uh, and coming up from Philly the way I came up, um, I played against so many older, better, faster players. So once I got among players that was my own age, they didn't know it, but I beat them before the ball went up because I knew that if I can hold my own when I was from 10 to 18, hold my own against grown men 10 to 15 years older than me, stronger than me, better than me, faster than me, what do you think I'm going to do to you? And that's just how the mentality that I had. But again, that's all through my journey of coming up uh, at Woodier Playground, coming through the Sunny Hill League. In order to be the best, you got to play the best. And in Philadelphia basketball, we had growing up the best players you could ever imagine going up against. And uh, that was part of our journey. And, man, I just want to say, Bo, you you, you kind of wrapped that up in such a, a beautiful way. So I just want to add, you look at the bubble and you see uh, we, we in some challenging uh, times. But, you know, they had a playoff pool and our Sixers was in that playoffs. But outside of our Sixers being in the playoffs, we had some Philly guys in the playoffs, too. And, you know, some that's still playing right now uh, uh, for the Lakers. There's a PA guy still playing over there on the Heat and Derek Jones. Um you know, you guys like you, Flip Murray, Lionel Simmons, um, I can go on and on, that laid a foundation, the late great um, um, Lewis Lloyd, that laid the foundation from them Philly type of guys. How, did, how does that pride come to you when you see a Kyle Lowry guy have an NBA championship, that one of our own, the, the Marquise Twins, is about to get a championship if they – make it through the night how does that make you feel to see most of our guys now in the playoffs playing in playoff type basketball how does that make you feel setting that foundation and seeing this now yeah i was very happy to see Kyrell lowry get a championship uh with toronto that was nice to see now that was of course after our sixers loss so that was hard <laughs> to stomach that shot that uh that went off the top of the backboard uh but the the, the point is you know he being a philly guy you root for other philly guys um, it was brought to my attention that when Hank Gathers and I went to uh, on the West Coast to Loyola Marymount and had so much success at USC and Loyola Marymount, scoring, you know, 30 a game and our team uh, scoring 125 a game and breaking all those records, we started a trend of some of the best players starting to say, hey, you know what, Bo and Hank went, you know, out of state for success. They People started to migrate out of town. Lionel Simmons was a perfect example, and as well as Doug Overton, guys that did stay local, great players. Doug had a 12, 13-year uh, NBA career, and Lionel played, um, had a great career. So Philadelphia ball, if you can, if you can withstand the, the growing up in Philly ball, you can take your game anywhere in the world on the mm -hmm. greatest stage, and you do not have to worry about compromising your game on the court or any situation that you have to deal with off the court. But I was very happy for all the success of the guys that had stronger NBA careers than I did. Uh, but it, it, again, you know, uh, I'm very blessed that I was able to, uh, to, to have the kind of success in college uh, where I was able to average 35 points a game and have the records that I have today. All right. Perfect segue because you just talked about your college career. Let's talk about your journey, Bo, and, and your playing career. And you mentioned him by name two times. Hank Gathers is always part of your story. And this past year was 30 years later. I know you talk about him a lot. And when you do these interviews around whether it's March Madness time or whenever it might be, and you're remembering Hank each and every year, what story or, or some of the stories do you enjoy telling the most? 
Well, you know, it's, it's impossible to be close to Hank Gathers, whether you're a teammate, a relative, or, you know, a close associate. Uh, Hank just had just an extraordinary presence. And he was always, believe it or not, the center of attention. So I think of Hank uh, multiple times every day, but it's, it's always happy thoughts. And, um, and I have so many stories. One, the, ba the best basketball story I enjoy telling is the one I told earlier. Uh, playing against Shaquille O'Neal, you know, that he scored 48 points, 18 rebounds. To my, to my knowledge, I believe, I don't think anyone else has ever done that against Shaq. Well, Hank Gathers did a 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, um, and then other than that, Hank was actually a comedian off the court. So every, if you admire comedians and you love David Chappelle, Hank Gathers was David Chappelle. Every time I see David Chappelle, any joke, his delivery and everything, I see Hank Gathers. So, um, but it's always happy thoughts and I celebrate his life. I don't uh, think of how he died. I think of how he lived and, uh, and all the records that we broke. And we both made, Hank Gathers and, I, and myself, we made each other better. Uh, I only wanted to lead the nation in scoring after Hank did. I'm like, well, hold on now. I'm a better scorer than Hank. He's on the cover of every magazine, about to go pro early. And he inspired me to want to lead the nation in scoring. And I told Doug Overton, I said, well, you know what? Next year, I'm going to lead the nation in scoring. I set my mind to it and I did it. Uh, which is still a record today. So I'm just very proud of, of the association. Another question people ask, hey, Bo, you know, are you bothered with uh, being always affiliated and associated with Hank Gathers? Absolutely not. Hank Gathers, who he was on and off the court as being a great guy, person I loved and respected, and to be affiliated with him. And also, I already had my own identity. I was going to be, I was the number one scorer in the world no matter what that year. Uh, and I was going, I was going to be a lottery pick no matter what, whether Hank was alive or not. So I had my own identity, but I'm, I'm very proud to be associated with Hank and I'm very proud of the records that we both was able uh, to acquire. There's more on the way, but first, Christiana Care. As doctors, nurses, and caregivers, and as neighbors and friends, Christiana Care is a partner in everyone's journey to greater health and well-being. Why do they do it? For the love of health. Visit ChristianaCare.org. For you personally, um, in your career, at any level, I mean, Joe has told me there wasn't a league in Philly that you didn't play in. So it could be any level before college or after college. Who are some of the best players that you played with or against? And I think obviously Hank would be in that group. But who are some of the others? One of the guys that at Woodier Playground is where I gained all my skills. And I was playing 11 hours a day at 27th and Clearfield. That's one block away from my house. So Leroy Choice was and George Melton was the best two players uh, in my immediate neighborhood. Leroy Choice was like a black version of Larry Bird. Wasn't going to jump high, uh, but he's <laughs> going to give you 30, 40 every night. And he's going to just outwit you, outsmart you. One of the other guys that I stole a lot of his moves and made a um, – was Lewis Lloyd, the late Lewis Lloyd. Now, I told Lewis when I saw him a couple years at uh, All-Star Week, and I said, you know, Lewis, I got to tell you, man, I stored about three of your moves, and I, scored, and I made a gazillion, I made a living off of those moves. He had a nice slow-motion move coming across the paint. Uh, he, had, he would go full speed and then slow up, allow you to foul him, and, and won you all day. So, so, but it was those kind of players that you see and you emulate. And, of course, we can't, uh, I can't leave out Dr. J., who was uh, hands down the number one uh, role model you could ever dream of growing up in Philadelphia. And when I met Doc and he was so humble, uh, so I asked him about, I was about uh, 14 and we was in a tuxedo place. I asked him as many nervous questions, about 20 in a 
five or 10 minute span and Doc answered every question, never made me feel like I was a, a nuisance to him. And it was just Dr. J and me in the, in the, uh, in the tuxedo place. And when uh, he showed up at Loyola, because all the, the visiting teams practiced at Loyola Marymount when they played the Lakers and the Clippers. And he remembered meeting me that day. He said, hey, your name is Boo. And that was good enough, man. Doc, <laughs> of all the people that Doc knows, that he remembered talking to this 14-year-old from Philly, and that just made my day. And I, I always vowed that if I wasn't a sociable player and I became an NBA player, I was going to give kids the same experience that Dr. J gave me. I just happened to be a, a talkative and sociable person, so I didn't have to work that hard at that. <laughs> but, awesome. but again, uh, growing up in Philadelphia, it was a lot of players that I emulated my game after, but Lewis Lloyd and, uh, and Leroy Choice was high on that list. Joe, I know you're big on that, the level of competition that he just touched on. Man, and the biggest thing is he talked about some leagues. And I want you to just touch on because you talk about the Sunny Hill League. And, man, for us, that was our Rutgers. That was our everything. And also, you know, you can't talk Philly basketball. We're talking about 16th for Susquehanna, 33rd and Diamond, Huntington Park. This name some <laughs> of those, one of those memories you have of playing against some of those top guys in those playgrounds, man. Yeah, you had Rico Washington, you had oh. Nate Blackwell, you had um, Mike Anderson, Henry oh. Smith. I mean, we're talking about guys, uh, and I mentioned Lewis Lloyd. You're talking about guys that when they step on the court, you're not going to stop them. You might, oh. but, but we're talking about really inner city rivalries. Lionel Simmons was part of that. So it was just, it, it was just such a, it, it was quite different now. You know, now people are not playing as much as they played then. Back then, we would leave Dobbins practice and go straight to play in one or two other leagues. But the Sunny Hill League was extraordinary, not only playing against the best people all throughout the, the state locally, but we were also on the Sunny Hill traveling team, going to Virginia, New York, D.C., playing up against the top guys. So you not only had a chance to measure yourself in Philadelphia, in the Belmont League, 33rd Street, now 16th for Susquehanna, was something that was out of control. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, I remember one summer, Hank was playing in the summer league, and I'm and Hank's catching alley-oop from half court, hanging on the rim. This is on cement. And Hank <laughs> could give a darn about how he land, but it was just the Philadelphia brand of basketball. And uh, But 16th for Susquehanna, 33rd and Diamond, Woodier Playground, particularly for me, uh, was where I got my skill set, and uh, the rest is history. Yes, sir. Philly, stand up, baby. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, time for a quick message from Nemours. Nemours Sports Medicine believes that highly personalized one-on-one -on -one physical therapy for young athletes is paramount to a speedy and complete recovery. Learn more at Nemours.org slash PT. Before we get to our final couple questions at the buzzer, which is usually just some random questions that we want to get in, you guys scored enough points in college that we've got to go there first, obviously, <laughs> more specifically. Paul Westhead, the coach, coming from the NBA, the run-and-gun, up-tempo style. I mean, we could talk about a variety of different games, but 149 points in a win, an upset win over Michigan is, is a big one. It's a record-setting game. Uh, what, what do you remember about that offense and some of those games where you guys, like that Michigan game, put up so many points? Well, the best part about our system, the Loyola Marymount uh, running gun system, uh, is that 
we never had to adjust our game for anybody. It didn't matter if you were a top 10 team, top 20, didn't matter. Uh, we knew that you couldn't stop what we were doing and we never had to adjust it. So we're going to shoot the ball every four seconds. And I did say every four to five seconds, we're going to shoot that ball. And you're going to know that we're going to be shooting it every four seconds. When we missed, you got a Hank Gathers coming down the paint, getting up all the loose change and all the offensive rebounds against smaller guards because he's beating his guys down. And then to top that off, whether we make the basket or miss, we're going to full court trap you the entire 40 minutes. And good luck with your trying to, you know, get good luck with trying to solve that press because your coach can't draw where you're going to be because we don't even know where we're going to be. We're going to be everywhere. <laughs> so it, it was just a beautiful system that allowed guys like Hank Gathers and myself to uh, to flourish. And we had really great um, team uh, role players that was able to, you know, to, to kind of fill in, understand what we were doing. And we all part of the system is also running the lane on offense for the other guy. You're not running it because you think you're going to get the wide open shot or the wide open layup. You're running it for the other guy. And it just was a, just a unique system for Hank Gathers game and my game. And uh, I was very blessed. Like I said, with that, you add West Head's offense and, and West Head was from Philadelphia and you matched it to Hank and I skills said Hank Gathers was able to get the ball, get the offensive rebound and go coast to coast. If he wanted to, he had that skill set and, and the, uh, the green light from West Head to do it. Paul Westhead made it crystal clear to me, if you are ever open inside the hash mark and you don't shoot that three-pointer, you're going to have a seat right next to me. So he, he made that crystal clear. And just imagine dreaming for any player, like a Hank Gathers style game in my game, that a coach tell you every single time you touch the ball, bombs away. <laughs> so I, I couldn't dream of a better experience playing for Paul Westhead. And, and again, um, for everybody else, that's why we have the highest top six games in history. Uh, I have the highest NCAA postseason uh, average of 37.9 a game, which is number one. Uh, and I still, there's nobody on the face of the earth can say they average 35 points in college anywhere in the world. And, and that's a record. That I'm, those are records that I'm proud of. Our team has about 20 records. Hank Gathers have about 30 as well. So I, we're just proud to be part of history and uh, represent Philadelphia and, uh, and bring it full circle. I'm blessed to be back home and uh, giving back to my community. Right. And Joe, I want to leave space for you to jump in uh, quickly on some of the stuff that Bo just mentioned about that Loyola Marymount, that LMU team. But four seconds or less is just insane. I've been enjoying watching the highlights. And to quickly tie it into or tie it back to Doc Rivers, I read a story in The Athletic recently about how Doc told Jamal Crawford in L.A., full-on green light, just shoot it every time. So it made me think of Doc in, in that way. But, Joe, those teams were, were just so exciting to watch. Man, you, you talk about what is, was that? Um, I want to say it was uh, Arkansas. Uh, Coach Nolan Richardson with 40 minutes of hell or 48 minutes of hell. Like, that's that's where all that kind of come from. You know, D'Antoni, you know, he has the same mindset or eight seconds or less. You know, Paul Paul West at that time, he was an innovator. He was an innovator on that basketball court. He had the players to do it. But I want to just leave you with this, Bo. You know, we talk about a lot of basketball, a lot of great things that you've done. But you and I know we have a, di a, a great uh, relationship and a diverse relationship because you do so many things. And I was more proud the day that I brought you down to the uh, 76ers Fieldhouse to watch the Blue Coats up close and personal and introduce you to our staff, our players, our coach, and, and, that, and the beautiful facility we had. And some people that 
you know in the community, just someone like you still out here in the community with the recognition of the things that you bring to the table? Yeah, some of your question faded out, Joe, but uh, it was talking about the community. But um, I've been blessed to watch people like Sunny Hill, uh, you know, give back and understanding what that's about being as, as a retired player, being blessed to have resources and people along the way have helped me. So I st my first journey coming back to Philadelphia was to help people uh, go from home ownership. I mean, from renting to home ownership. So I started the Bo Kimball Foundation. And uh, through the 30 years, I've been doing uh, a lot of public speaking. I've also uh, did some coaching, uh, trying to get in, break the coaching ranks uh, in the college and in the MBA. But when it comes to giving back, you know, for, for the kids, I want them to have the same experience that I was blessed to have. I had I always had people encouraging me how important education was. And I thank God I woke up before it was too late because school wasn't uh, at the top of my mind in the beginning, but I, I woke up before it was too late. So when I'm giving speeches to kids, I let them know that dreams come true. If you can hear my voice and see my face, I'm literally every day as we speak, living my dream. And if you don't believe in yourself and you don't have positive people around you, a lot of times you, you think that, you know, 99% of most of the, the young kids who want to be pro athletes in any sport are not going to make it. But it's that 1% if you put the work in and you stay dedicated to what your dream and what your passion is, I let them know one, dreams come true, and there's only one person in the world that can stop you, and that's you. So I look at life as the game of basketball. You'll never make every shot, but you got to learn how to make more shots than you miss which means make more quality decisions in your life than the poor ones. And you'll be blessed that what you put in is what you get out and you'll have a, 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 the kind of, you'll have more of the kind of life you're trying to live. But you know, there's no better way to celebrate your life and your legacy than helping someone else fulfill theirs. And so that's one of the things that I take to heart uh, when it comes to giving back. I do it sincerely, uh, but it's, it, I'm just recycling all the great love that was given to me. So that's yes. what it's really all about. Awesome. That's, that's real brotherly love, brother Joe. Real brotherly love, giving back. So let's call this one a buzzer beater because I just got one more question, a quick one at the buzzer. Uh, okay. Go out on a light note, a lighter note. Um, obviously, that was inspiring stuff too, so it wasn't a bad note. But let's leave you <laughs> with a quick hitter like we like to leave our guests. I see that you're into golf. So what is your favorite hobby? Is it golf? 100% golf, golf, and more golf. And so um, I love golf like I love the game of basketball. And so when you're putting a lot of time in, it don't feel like work. But you're spot on, man. I, I love the golf. I play at least uh, two to three times a week. We'll have to get out together sometime. We'll get a, a group together to play. I like to play myself. We might have to teach Joe a little bit. I don't think he – we went to Top Golf recently and hit some oh. on the range. And uh, I think he needs a little bit, some tips from you probably. <laughs> What a good thing to There's nobody's Tiger Woods, Joe and Matt, so we're all good. So get out there and hit those trees like the rest of us. <laughs> we will get out there together at some point, and uh, we'll bring Joe along. But this was a lot of great stuff on this episode, and we thank you for the time, Bo. Thank you, Matt and Joe, for having me at any time. Go Sixers, go Bluecoats. Thanks again to Bo Kimball for joining us. For my partner, Joe Richmond, I'm Matt Murphy. Until next time, take it or leave it at the Coat Check.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 